Hello, how are you guys? Hope you're having a wonderful day. Welcome to episode number 16 of Listen, titled Take Number 16. Can being a super smart idiot actually work in your favor? I'm your host, Rupal Goyle, but you can call me Roops. This is a show where I give hot takes and social commentary on topics I really have no business giving hot takes about, but I do it anyway. Each week, I cover a different topic with a super cool and qualified featured guest. This week, I'll be chatting with my brilliant friend Harrison about what it means to be a tea person, how you can be a jack of all trades, but a master of some things properly, and how we try to soak up knowledge every day and make ourselves better. My guest this week is Harrison Zimba. He graduated from the University of Oregon with a degree in business and works with me at PricewaterhouseCoopers in New York City. Now, without further ado, let's roll. And welcome to another episode of Listen. Uh, with me here today is my good friend Harrison. Harrison, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Harrison. <laughs> Harrison and I work together at PwC. We're not in the same role, so everyone is a coworker, but no one is a coworker, which is really nice. But super exciting. We just started, and so you know, most of the people I'm pulling for this season are going to be people I work with, but. We're not going to be talking about boring things. Today is a very interesting topic. We're going to go into what it means to be a T-shaped person. So if you've never heard of what a T-shaped person is, gear up because either you are one or you're going to become one after listening. So Harrison, do you want to you take it away? Yeah. So a T-shaped person, uh, it was a term coined by the Kelly brothers who founded IDEO, which is a premier design firm in Silicon Valley. And they do tons of consulting. They've built the Apple Mouse, the iMac, some really, really amazing products. And in their book, uh, The Ten Faces of Innovation, they coined the term uh, to capture people who have minimal expertise in an extremely wide breadth of topics or things or competencies, and then deep competencies in just a few. Um, so that's sort of what a T-shaped person looks like. That's so interesting because I I guess I am a T-shaped person in that sense. I like to have just one or two things that I'm really, really good at. And then everything else, I like having a sort of shallow knowledge because it makes me relatable to a lot of people. But that's nice. Okay, so how, do you, how are you a T-shaped person personally? So I'm a voracious learner. I've always been a huge reader. I like hearing about people's lives and new problems and interesting things things that people are really passionate about. So I have, you know, knowledge in, you know, weird spaces from like neural network mapping to cars to cooking um, to, you know, what it's like to live abroad, to immigrate to the United States and things like that. Um, in terms of my own competencies where I think I'm really deep, um, cooking is definitely one of them. It's one of my passions. It's something, it's a great space of stress relief for me and something that I really love. Business is another one, problem solving, design thinking. Um, that's actually what turned me on to the Kelly brothers was a pursuit of greater knowledge there. And I think the elements of me that are really kind of down and deep in that T-shape um, is what keeps me to be a dynamic person. And I think it keeps you interesting inherently. In case you couldn't tell, Harrison reads the Wall Street Journal front to back every morning. <laughs> he has a very robust morning routine. I tell this to everyone I know. I'm like, did you know my friend got me onto reading the Wall Street Journal every morning? <laughs> like, it's such a good thing. My parents were like, wow, are you educating yourself voluntarily? <laughs> it's very, no, that's so cool. So design thinking, food, you know, learning all about things, educating yourself. How does that set you apart? from your peers, especially even at work? So I think something that really sets me apart is 
my ability to identify problems and then solve them really effectively. And so I'll talk about a non-work-related example to communicate a work-related principle. Love it. Um, so two summers ago, I was studying abroad in Europe. And on the tail end of my trip, I spent about three weeks backpacking alone uh, through Europe. And so I ended up going to about seven countries by myself. Uh, it was a really, really incredible experience. But the only, and the only horror story I have was I missed a transfer when I was in uh, West Germany. Ended up in really, really rural Northwest Germany in an extremely small town called Hof. <laughs> Um, and in Hof, I got off the train and realized I was not in Prague. Um, <laughs> Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> exactly. Um, and the issue getting into really rural places in Europe, Germany in particular, is that you lose your connection over language. And so I get off the train. There's nothing in English. None of the signs are in English. And I go to the conductor of the train, doesn't speak a lick of English. And so, you know, at this point, I'm concerned that I'm going to be sleeping on a very sketchy train platform in north rural northwestern Germany. Um, but instead, I decided to flip it on its head and look at it as an opportunity to solve a really cool problem. Um, so with no common languages, uh, no paper documentation for my ticket because it was all on my phone. I somehow managed to cobble together the limited English of a conductor, the fully competent German <laughs> train station person um, to figure out where I needed to go and how I needed to get there. And so ultimately, I ended up on a one car train that took me backwards about two hours got me on a significantly larger train that took me through the mountainous region between Eastern Germany and Western Prague and made my way, or Western, I guess, Czech Republic, and then made my way to Prague. And so, you know, without, you know, my competencies around problem solving, design thinking, and kind of knowing how to reframe those situations, I don't think I'd be nearly as competitive in a work perspective, but I also don't think I'd be nearly as interesting. <laughs> That's what? <laughs> I... Wow, what an interesting way to apply such a businessy concept in the real world. Mm -hmm. I love that. I don't think I have anything quite that interesting uh, <laughs> from my life to illustrate. I've never gone backpacking alone, nor have I gotten trapped anywhere with no support. I tend to use Google Translate. But that is terrifying. I would not have, mm -mm, would not have been able to do that. Wow, okay, wait. So, so what I'm hearing is being a t-shaped person gives you a competitive edge in the sense that you can think better think faster on your feet pro like problem solve efficiently because you have a wider breadth of knowledge and it makes you an interesting relatable person because you have so much to say yes exactly and you know i think the really critical part about being t-shaped is doing it in a way that works for you yeah right so really it's a it's a vessel and a concept and a representation of an idea of finding what you're really passionate about. And for me, I love sol solving problems. And I love thinking about things in really dynamic, unique ways and kind of twisting situations on their head to look at them really, really differently. Um, and so it's great for that if that's something that you're really passionate about. But, you know, if your passion is travel, I mean, it's a great way to think about that too, right? Um, for me, being T-shaped because I love to travel you know, it helps me when I get abroad somewhere or somewhere really unfamiliar because I can kind of box it away and be like, okay, you know what? I can think about this really negatively or I can think about it really positively and I can use my skills to have a really great time. I mean, it's really admirable that you seek out interesting, challenging opportunities to kind of stretch yourself and like learn about what you're good and what you're not good at. Then mm -hmm. you get better at what you're not good at. Exactly. That's smart. See, I'm very uh, conflict avoidant. So... <laughs> 
not for me. I'll learn someday. Maybe the way you have me reading Wall Street Journal, I'll eventually flirt with the idea <laughs> of doing that. But that's okay. That is so cool. So that's something that I think everyone can adhere to as a concept and apply in their life. You know, like being hungry for knowledge wanting to learn more, wanting to better yourself and doing it in a way that works for you. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily um, being really good at all these technical concepts, right? Like you want to have a mix of breath, depth, and also like technical and what are the quote unquote soft skills, mm-hmm. right? Like I think the way I'm T-shaped is I have a lot of different soft skills, a couple of uh, technical skills thrown in there. <laughs> not Not as much, but we're trying. So like a couple of those... But I think where I excel the most is my people skills. So that's where I've drilled down is that's why like marketing was my passion and area. So that's interesting. So what are your what are your drill downs? Like what is your stem of the T? I think, uh, you know, my stem of the T similar to yours is people. I, I love connecting with people and hearing people's stories. I think I think it's incredible because you learn you know, a ton about the person you're talking with, the group of people you're speaking to or with. Um, and also a ton about what they're really into, which broadens the top of your tea, which is really, really kind of a cool idea. It's sort of this cyclical kind of self-fulfilling thing, right? Um, so I think people's one of them for sure. I think um, design thinking is a huge passion of mine in human-centered design. So starting again, starting again with the people to get you to where you need to go, I think is a really, really incredible tool set. I think another element in my tea is just learning in general. Like I said, when I began you know, when we started this thing was, you know, I think a critical component of becoming a T-shaped person is you have to be hungry to learn all the time and you have to find tools and ways and methods that work for you. And for me, a lot of the time that's reading, um, I actually don't listen to podcasts that much, which is kind of funny because I'm on a podcast right now. I love it. We'll Um, be your first. But, you know, and I don't really watch the news, like listening to things doesn't necessarily work for me. I either have to read it to understand it or interact with it to understand it, which brings the people thing. And, you know, it's kind of why I force myself to stretch because yeah. until I'm in this situation, I can't really learn about how to respond to it or handle it or grow in it. Okay. So you're very hands on. Yeah. I'm not a, con- I'm not like a conceptual person. Like I can talk in the concepts, but I need to like get into it and get my hands dirty, roll up my sleeves and, yeah. you know, really get after it. Very much an experiential Absolutely. Person. Okay. Absolutely. Interesting. So this can really, I think, apply in your personal and professional life. So you've given us an example of how you've done it personally, mm-hmm. right? Um, how is how has this helped you maybe professionally, even though, you know, we're all very new to being working people? Absolutely. Um, are you looking for PwC-specific experience? It could be prior. Prior. doesn't prior, matter. Okay. Um, so... As part of my undergraduate degree, I was a three-year member of our student consulting group. And so this consulting group was, our core competency was human-centered design and design thinking, actually. Wow. And so we worked with paying clients all over the Pacific Northwest. I'm from Oregon. Um, and so I've worked on about 30 different client engagements uh, in my what? undergrad. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> oh, this you know, is the perfect job for you. Yeah. At, ver- at various levels of management. Um, so, you know, I've worked as like kind of our equivalent of an associate as a manager, as a senior manager, and then ultimately I was president of the group. And so I've used this actually a ton. And so one of the most challenging parts of being in the group uh, with the project work specifically was we were on a quarter schedule. And so we had 10 weeks. So we had to come in and solve these huge questions, right? So we'd be working with a nonprofit. It'd be like, how do we solve youth homelessness? Oh my God. Right. Or, you know, um, how do we drive, you know, a 10% increase in, you know, top line revenue through an online channel? 
for you know a hundred million dollar business. Like real questions. Yeah, and they're hard questions. And then you have a time crunch, right? Oh it complicates and complicates the entire process, right? Nothing. And so you have to learn incredibly quickly and incredibly in depth. You you can't compromise either. And so, you know, one of the critical components of being a T-shaped person is, yes, you develop these deep competencies, but you develop a whole set of tools that underlies these competencies, right? And so once you have these tool sets, then it becomes a situation you've seen before. So I, one of my favorite business people and favorite authors is a guy named Ray Dalio. Um, for those not familiar, he runs Bridgewater's hedge fund. Um, which is the largest hedge fund in the world. And he wrote a book all about principles. And one of the core principles is that every situation you come in contact with is either something we've seen before or a collection of things that we've seen before that we can build a composite of. Um, and so for me, in conjunction with, you know, my tools, you know, related to design thinking, to human centered design, to problem solving, you know, just to general business acumen in conjunction with that as another kind of depth in terms of like my reading, um, you know, any situation you're confronted with becomes another one of those. And so you can apply the same set of tools, the same thought process to learn about something radically different, you know, because term over term, the projects would change, right? One term I'd be working with a nonprofit, which is a completely different headspace, right? You're not looking to drive revenue or increase market share. You're looking to solve like a social problem, right? And then, you know, the next 10 weeks would be with a corporate client looking to, you know, get competitors out of the market, you know, so that they can maximize their slice of the pie, right? Um, but the tools are the same fundamentally, um, which I think was hugely important to my success there. Oh my God. That's so, that is so interesting. These are things that, you know, people probably don't realize they're doing or they mm -hmm. haven't put a name to the concept. And now that I have a name to this, I can explore and learn and, you know, get tools to help me become a better T-shaped person, which is really interesting because there are a lot of different types of people, right? T-shaped people, what you bring to an organization, what you bring to a team is the fact that you're, you can adapt easily. Absolutely. That there's no knowledge leakage when you're passing mm -hmm. from person to person because people can very easily go back and forth, touch and go. Mm -hmm. And also the fact that you can get along with everyone. Yes. Because <laughs> everyone will like you. Yes. You know so much. You know just enough to be good at something. Mm -hmm. And if you need to become better at it, it's not like you're starting from scratch, mm -hmm. right? So it gives you definitely that edge, which is why I think we're both in this area of business, right? Like oh, we absolutely. actually have to flex doing that a lot. So, I mean, this even applies in your, you know, high school, college life, right? Like Harrison gave an example of something he does at school. This is going to easily apply to those students that are in majors such as business or engineering where you're doing a lot of different types of courseworks and you have to be good at a lot of different things, right? Absolutely. And so it's, Instead of being a, what is it, jack of all trades, master of none, you're a jack of all trades and a master of maybe something. Exactly. Something or the other. Exactly. Right? So that's actually really helpful. Um, that's so cool. Yeah. Wow, I love that. So what are some skills that you're trying to get some more depth in? Ooh, man. That's hard to narrow down to just a few, actually. Um, I think a skill that I'm really contributing a lot of time to now is just finance in general. Um, so on it, understanding a lot more about financial services as a business has been huge. Um, technology is something that I'm always, always reading up on. Um, I am not a coder by trade. Like I don't know R, like I know very basic HTML, JavaScript, little SQL. Um, but that's something I'm always trying to learn more about, right? At least, you know, understanding at a high level. So if I interact with people, 
that are coders or in that space I at least have some context around what they're talking about. Um, cooking is another one that's, even though I have a lot of expertise there, it's something that you continue to learn your whole life. And then obviously always relationship building. I think, I think that's a really critical one. And I think, you know, you touched on some really interesting pieces here, talking about how you can apply this in high school and in college. Um, and, you know, when you look at, you know, that T-shape, you know, you can also spend some time asking people how they're T-shaped, right? And then you find out who's on your team and who you're working with and who you're surrounded by. And, you know, that applies in sports. It applies in, you know, drama club, the band, like whatever, right? And so, you know, it gives you a really unique tool set to ask good questions around finding out what people feel and, you know, exemplify that they're really great at, which is really, really cool. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to cook? Probably Italian food. Um, my, my mom is Sicilian, um, and she's about 3000 miles away. So if I want lasagna, I have to make myself now. Um, <laughs> it's a really unfortunate set of events, uh, but bad. it's something that always, uh, brings me kind of back to home and kind of recenters me. Yeah. So if I'm ever stressed out, the go-to is always Italian. That's nice. I will hopefully, this is me documenting <laughs> me. I will attempt to learn how to cook Indian food at my mom, who's hopefully listening. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. I promise. I'll stop doing takeout and I'll try it out. Hey, I'll try it anytime. Just let me know. I'll, let me know. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. I'm going home this weekend. Uh, she's going to try to force it on me at least once. We know it's going to happen. But yeah, no, this is definitely something really important to consider um, when you're going through, especially in your career in the sense that there's this thing I learned about when I was researching for this after you told me about this um, called the paradox of expertise where if you're really, really good at something and you're an expert in something, it can sometimes cloud your judgment to other perspectives and other experiences. Mm -hmm. And in this kind of time where you're trying to have more diverse thinking and diverse viewpoints in business and, and even in any industry, really, you're trying to just become more diverse overall, being a T-shaped person lends a sort of immunity to the paradox of expertise mm -hmm. because you're not so good at something that it prohibits you from being good at other things or understanding other aspects of that one thing you're good at, right? So that's really good. That can be applied, again, personally and professionally, right? Like there are people I know who are very, very good at uh, coding, but sometimes when you come in, like you know, there are ways to pitch solutions that are just simple, mm -hmm. right? So when me, a non-coder, has to work with a coder, um, me being a T-shaped person, if they're also a T-shaped person, we can both get along in the sense that if I have a little bit of knowledge on coding, their knowledge on coding will mm -hmm. not cloud their judgment on how I can contribute, right? So it's a lot of, there's a lot of different team blending and uh, organizational thinking right there. And also people skills you have to use, right? You can't be a T-shaped person and be a bad people person. You, exactly. it, I think it's kind of inherently built in the type of person you are. Definitely. That's I, true. I would completely agree. I think, I think you touched on a lot of relevant points there. Uh, specifically around the paradox of expertise, uh, which, by the way, fascinates me. Uh, right. <laughs> and, I, and I think it's super true because, you know, for especially our generation, a lot of the conversation has been around specialized, specialized, specialized. You see it in, you see it in youth athletics. I mean, kids are playing tackle football at like five. You see, <laughs> you see it with coding. You see it with instruments. You see it with college applications even. Yeah, like getting smarter so early. Exactly. And it, it's concerning in some ways, right? It's like, oh, my God, they're going to take over the world. They're going to burn uh -huh. out or take over, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But I think, you know, I think that inherent in that uh, specialization is almost this like false dichotomy in some ways, right? Um, I think a lot of the reading I've been doing, a lot of what I've been researching has been around why being a generalist is actually a really great thing. And a T-shaped person is a way, is thinking of yourself as a T-shaped person is a way to be respectful of things that you're passionate about and you want deep expertise in, but also respecting that you got to understand the whole picture. 
because if you get too siloed off in kind of the long part of your T, you'll lose perspective, like what you're talking about. Um, and I don't think that's inherently a successful strategy, right? Um, you know, you look at economic trends and political trends. I mean, things are becoming more interwoven and tighter connected than they've ever been before. We can communicate faster. We can communicate quicker. We can see things better. You know, we can see things that 60 years ago, 50 years ago, 20 years ago would have been impossible for people to see or understand or hear about. Um, and so, you know, I think my philosophy on this is like, we all carry a burden to find out as much as we can about everything that we can because we have such incredible access. And so, you know, do yourself and also the world a favor and, you know, label yourself a generalist. Don't be afraid of that. Um, and, you know, just pursue as many avenues of things that you find interesting as possible all the time. Stay curious. I love that. I love that. I think that's a great, that's a great way to wrap this up is stay curious. Mm -hmm. You know, like don't let the fear of learning or the fear of specializing keep you from learning all the things, right? Or being too generalist. There's no such thing. You learn all the things, apply all the things because there's so much knowledge out there and there's so much we don't know. I'm like constantly learning every single day. I open mm -hmm. up wallstreetjournal.com and I read a new thing. <laughs> I'm happy to hear it. I have never seen before, right? <laughs> like don't ever ask me about quantum computing because I will not be able to explain it to you. <laughs> but I love reading about it. Yeah, exactly. But that is super fascinating. Do you have, is there anything else you want to add before we go? I, I just, I really, you know, if I could, I guess, hammer down the point on staying curious. I mean, you know, I, I look around with, you know, the people I interact with every day. I mean, they're incredibly fascinating and incredibly different than me. And, you know, I think part of staying curious is, you know, you have to, or I guess you don't have to, but, you know, you should work to accept that difference is actually this really beautiful thing. Um, it doesn't have to be divisive or bad or, you know, this not fun thing. Um, it can actually be a really interesting piece of a story in a relationship that you build with someone else or with a problem or with anything. Um, and so, you know, appreciate those differences and explore them fully and, you know, ask the bold question. Um, you know, the more questions you ask, the better you'll get at asking them and the better answer answers you'll get. So stay curious and ask a lot of questions and everything else will figure itself out. We love to hear it. <laughs> love that. All right. Wow. Thank you so much. I feel like I've learned so much in this conversation than I have all week. And I've been trying to learn so much. <laughs> this is very fun. Well, I'm happy to be of service anytime. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, Harrison. thanks for having me. Thanks. And let's cue the music. And there you have it, folks. I have a string of very cool new guests coming down the pipeline. So if you liked Harrison, just you wait. I'm excited to see how Listen grows and adapts as I continue stumbling my way through adulthood in New York City. And as always, thank you so much for joining me this week on Listen. Make sure to visit our Twitter page at Listen with Roops, our Instagram at Listen with Roops, or our Facebook, which is also, probably guessed it, at Listen with Roops. Thank you so much again and have a wonderful rest of your week.